everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Red Leg Nation Radio. Finally back with us, our good friend, Bill Lack. How you doing today, Bill? Feel a little creaky, feel a little old, you know? Not as young, as, got, these, not as, young as these Reds are getting. Not as young as this pitching staff, certainly. Uh, you just got back from a, a trip to warmer climes. Are you happy to be back and uh, focus on the Reds again? Back to the salt mines? No, I'm not. I'm... <laughs> But you know what? Where yeah. I was, it wasn't any hotter than it is here. Oh, well, that's true. It's It's been awfully hot. Uh, unseasonably always, hot. That's what always cracks me up when people say, you go to Florida in the summer, it's so hot. You know, because it's so warm, it's so cool and breezy in lovely Cincinnati in the summer. Exactly. The weather's perfect in Cincinnati. Why would you want to leave uh, during the summer? Well, hey, you want to talk about the Reds? Let's do that, since we're All here. All right. I, I, I noticed you didn't say that you wanted to talk about the Reds, but you did agree to do it. So let's dig yeah, right there's into some, it. There's some guys that are worth talking about. Yeah, there's, you know, it's been a strange year in a lot of ways, a rough year. The Reds currently sit four games below 500 as we uh, as we just start this podcast here, uh, 32 and 36, 12 and a half games back of the ugh, first place Cardinals, uh, six games back from the second wild card spot. And uh, although they'd have to climb over six teams to get there, uh, latest uh, projected playoff odds: Reds have a 0.8 percent chance of winning a wild card sl- slot. Uh, I think it, I think I've got about that much chance of being the Republican nominee in 2016. <laughs> probably a little bit. You probably have a higher uh, a higher percentage uh, chance with all the 30,000 uh, people that are already in the race. Might as well go ahead. <laughs> Uh, throw your hat in the ring. Throw my hat in the ring. There you go. Sure, why not? Uh, so, you know, we're not going to talk much about Reds playoffs, pennant race, things like that, because really, that's, you know, I'll be very happy if the Reds can make a big run here and get right back in the thick of the race, and that's why we watch the Reds, frankly. But the interesting storylines of this team, unfortunately, I guess, depending on your perspective, not related to the pennant race. Injuries, you know, we, I think the last time we talked was before the season, at least the last time we talked on the podcast, and, and what did we both say? they got to avoid injuries. Well, you've got, who do you have on the disabled list now? Zach Cozart, David Mezzarocco, Homer Bailey, Razel Iglesias, John Moscott, Tony Sincrani. I mean, it's crazy what's happened to this team. And without, the, without any depth, we're getting what we expected to get. But also, we're having a chance here to see some of these young guys, uh, and I think you're as excited as I am about what we've seen out of some of these young guys, especially on the pitching staff. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, the Reds kind of made some decisions in spring training that many of, of, of the guys on Red Lake Nation and said were bad decisions. Uh, Greg, Marquis, and here we are two months in. Where are they? Both them guys are gone. Uh, and in their yeah. I, how did, how did we know that was going to happen and the Reds couldn't see that? Well, I can't say I did, but there were a lot of people that did, you know. I, I didn't have as much problem – well, I shouldn't say that. I didn't have as much problem with Greg as I did with Marquis, but I still have problems with Greg. But, you know, my problem wasn't so much with Greg being on the team. My problem was with the way they were trying to use Greg at the beginning of the season, you know. It, it made no sense. But – you know, the, the, gone. the good thing is now we're 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 at the point where we're seeing some guys, and you know, are they here a little sooner than maybe they should be? I don't know, you know, but they seem to be. I, I haven't seen any of the young guys embarrass themselves yet. Uh, no, I'm like, I like the looks of some of these young guys, especially uh, Anthony Di Scalfani and uh, Michael Lorenzen, frankly. 
Yeah, um, Deuce Lafani, we knew we were going to see all season. And, 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 you know, and you and I have said it a million times, Chad, these young guys are going to struggle at times. They're going to have, they'll have a game where they look like, damn, they figured it out. And then the next game, they'll like, have these guys played this game before? Um, you know, I think Iglesias, the Iglesias kid has looked good. Uh, I'm, I'm interested tonight. We're going to get to see Josh Smith tonight. Um, you know, uh, the, 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 the young guys are, are getting a chance, you know, because of the injuries of Bailey and, 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 and you know, Cueto's been in and out of the road. You know, he's been out of the rotation a little bit. He getting pushed back again tonight. Um, I think it's I think it's always fun you know when you, when your when your team is struggling you got to look for something to grab onto and, and right now it's it's some of these young guys. Yeah, you know, Discofani, you're right. We we sort of knew he was going to have a chance to, to stick in the rotation all year long coming over from Miami in the Matt Latos deal and he's been about what you would hope for out of a, a 25-year-old uh, starter. He's 5 and 5, 3.48 ERA. Uh, ERA plus above league average. I mean his numbers across the board are pretty much above league league average. You know, uh, he's been solid, if unspectacular, and he's a guy that's maybe, you know, a number number two, number three starter is his ceiling the next few years, and uh, that ain't nothing, as they say. Uh, Michael Lorenzen, ERA good, ERA plus good. He's maybe been a little bit lucky. His uh, fielding independent numbers don't look as good, but still, he's 23. He's certainly held his own for, for a guy that was an outfielder, uh, I think a center fielder in college, and a relief pitcher, largely. And that was, what, three years ago? Yeah, so they're uh, they're stretching him out, and he's looked he's looked great. Iglesias hurt, obviously, but I, I, his numbers don't look incredible on the surface. But his fielding independent numbers look pretty good, and uh, he's a guy that they're also trying to stretch in. I think has a very high ceiling. I mean, we're not talking number one starter ceiling, but you can get a guy that can be a number three starter. Give me that all day long. Those guys that don't just grow on trees, and uh, and you know if he can stretch out and get his. Uh, to where he can pitch a lot of innings, who knows whether Iglesias could be a number two. Well, a lot of the other thing with him is is there have been times when he's looked really good. He yeah. looks like he's got better stuff than any of these guys, doesn't and, he? And yeah, I, I just don't think we've seen, you know, his his true self yet. You know, he's, he, you know he, he held, wasn't too many years ago, he was in a boat coming over from Cuba. You know, he hadn't, coming into this spring, he hadn't pitched in, what, a year and a half or something? Other than a little bit yeah. of Arizona Fall League. So, I mean, you know, let's not get let's not be rough on this kid. You know, give him a chance and let's see what he can do. Um, he's the, gonna, the he's only thrown 20, 25 innings is all Iglesias is throwing. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. you know. I mean, the mascot kid, you know, he's another one. That, you know, what a terrible thing for this kid to separate it. Thank God it was his non-pitching shoulder. But, you know... I, you know, this yeah, is another kid that they that they really are really really high on. Oh yeah, it looked uh, looked really good in uh, AAA at, at Louisville and got a chance to come up and had one really good start and uh, looked uh, showed real flashes of being something. And uh, oh, there's that terrible play at second base where he hurts his shoulder. Just a fluke. I mean, that's just a, a perfect microcosm of what these Reds teams have had to deal with. Uh, we we but, said before the season that everything had to go right for this team to compete. And it hasn't. And it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> no, not one bit. But, uh, yeah, we've talked about the Reds, uh, you know, the depth in the minor leagues is mostly on the pitching side, and we're starting to see some of that. With uh, Di Scafani was a new acquisition, but Lorenzen and Iglesias and Moscow, and we've not even seen. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in September, although they may wait until next year. Uh, the Stevenson kid, Robert Stevenson. 
And he's been pitching so, really well lately. He's really come along uh, the last few weeks and uh, last month or so, month and a half maybe. So, you know, he's uh, the Reds are likely to try to deal Johnny Cueto and, and Mike Leake both, frankly, uh, if, they, if they can get anything for either of them. I think they'll get something for Cueto if they decide to trade him. But uh, so who knows who the, what the next good Reds rotation is or the next starting rotation on the next good Reds team, next playoff Reds team. But there's some guys in there who – some of them are going to pan out, and I don't know that the there's not a whole lot a lot of high level. I guess the only guy that's a potentially an ace is maybe Stevenson, but there aren't a lot of those guys anywhere anyway. So you got a lot of a lot of good uh, mid rotation guys, and if Stevenson pans out, who knows? Perhaps the the look of a decent rotation for the next few years uh, and under team control for a long time. So yeah, and 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 and, and far enough away from arbitration. That the that the big contracts that the Reds assign and, and we won't even get into the you know the possible future money and TV deals or anything you know but the the hamstring that they've been put into with the Bailey deal and the and the Votto deal and the Brandon Phillips deal and the, you know blah 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 so we're we're enough years away that that won't really hurt hurt them a whole lot yeah yeah with, so you know, uh, and it'll give them a little more flexibility you would think depending on what they can do with some of these other contracts that they probably shouldn't have given out the last few years. Uh, at least it'll help provide a, a little bit of flexibility. On the offensive side of the ledger, really, unless there's somebody I'm forgetting, uh, Eugenio Suarez is the only guy that's really come up and uh, made any kind of an impression. And uh, he's looked pretty good in, you know, what what's he had uh, played nine games or something so far. But he's been about uh, what we had hoped, I think. Uh, I'm impressed with that guy. What about you? I think defensively what I've seen of him, he's looked very good. Um I, I think you know. I think his offense will come around. I, I you know. I think he, I think they said Sunday was his first multi-hit game. But you know, he's got a 3.24 on base right now. I take that at the end of the year. You know, no matter what he hit, if he hit, if he if his numbers that he's got right now held to the end of the year, I'd be thrilled. Absolutely, yeah. Getting around and, three, and he was 3.25 on base. Oh, I'll take that. Play. I'll take. And actually, if you look at it, he's slightly above average, above league average as a hitter. A very, very small sample size, just a yeah. 35 points yeah. or something. But in the, in AAA this year, his uh, on-base percentage is right at 350. And and combined over his entire minor league career, set parts of seven seasons, uh, though he's still young, he's just 23, uh, he's had a 361 on-base percentage uh, over his minor league career. So he's a guy that should be able to get on base a little bit. I don't know if he's going to have a whole lot of power, but... Uh, yeah, I think the, the scouts say he has a swing that's more geared for sort of line drives, putting the barrel on the ball. But uh, you know, and, and as he matures, you know, some of those line drives will turn into doubles and home runs. Yeah, yeah. So he's and a, when you he's only twenty three, twenty three, and and when you include the fact, as you just said, that he's uh, got a pretty good glove, he's not going to be Zach Kozar out there, uh, at least not just yet. But he can handle himself at shortstop. I'm, I'm glad. I'm not happy about Kozar's injury. I'm, I'm sort of bummed about it because he was having a really good season. I was kind of hoping he'd have a chance to make an All-Star team, uh, but it's a good chance to see what we've got with Suarez, and and I'm excited to watch him play the rest of the way. I I have I have very high hopes for that young man. Well, the, the sad thing about Kozar is he was having he was having such a comeback year after after two what two years two really bad years or three really bad years. So, yeah. you know, and I mean, and again, you know, another fluke thing. Just like just like when he hurt his shoulder a few years ago, you know, got slid into him and took his shoulder out. And now they, you know, was he slipped off the over the base or something? Or 
space. Yeah, it's awful. And I mean, I was look. I was looking earlier today because uh, you know we know about Kozar. We've talked about Kozar's defense, and last year, if you wanted to defend Zach Kozar, you had to talk about his defense. And I think he was the best defensive shortstop in the National League last year. Uh, this year, I was looking at it, and he's been the third most productive offensive shortstop in the league, behind uh, Brandon Crawford uh, of the Giants, and then uh, St. Louis's Johnny Peralta. Other than those two, not that his numbers were incredible: uh, two fifty-eight, three ten on base percentage, four fifty-nine slugging, which is not bad. Nine home runs. Uh, some pop, you know, I, I would take that from him when you consider how good his glove is. So An OPS plus of 109 plus his glove, I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a real comeback year for the guy. And, uh, man, what a terrible break. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows what his future is? He's, what's he, 29 now? He'll be 30 next year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Know, coming back from a knee injury as a shortstop, just terrible, terrible. But well, you know, you know what kind of reminds me of is when when Ronnie Oster got hurt. He was an older, you know, he was a little bit older when he hurt his knee, and he was really never the same player again. It's, it's hard to it's hard to do when you're playing, especially a defense intensive yep. position like shortstop, and uh, for a guy that's so good, had such good range and such uh, great hands. Oh, you hope he can come back. Fingers crossed. But where does he fit in the Reds' plans? I don't know. If Suarez looks good. I always thought what would happen is Suarez would have a good year at AAA this year, and then sometime before next season they were going to have to decide whether he was a second baseman or a shortstop, depending on who they were going to be able to part ways with, Phillips or Cozart. Uh, and Phillips is here as long as he wants to be here, you know, until his contract runs out. I forget how many more years are left on his contract. but And he's still good defensively, but you know his numbers were uh, worse than Zach Cozart's uh, by uh, a somewhat significant margin. Well, his, his power has completely disappeared. That's why his numbers. Yeah, his, he's slugging 349 this year. He just, uh, the last two years, his, his power has just, it's a, well, it's the, it's the decline you would expect out of a. A 34 year old second base? Out of a 34 year old second baseman, yeah. And so, I, and I don't expect it to get much better. I mean, he's, he's getting on base at a 321 clip, which for Phillips is, uh, you know, I'll take that. Yeah. But uh, the overall picture does not look good. You know, only only nine extra base hits. If, if, we're, if we're going to talk about the disappointments, though, I, I think we got to talk about Billy Hamilton. And, yes, we do. And Offen- much, offensively. His defense cannot be good enough to make up for his offense. It, do, it doesn't, but all the defensive metrics show that, and the, and the metrics of, on base running, show that he is, has been the best defensive center fielder in the league this, National League this year, and... Uh, the best base runner among center fielders, but you're right. Despite that, despite elite, you got a 57 OPS plus. At, right, that's what I'm saying. Despite being elite in all these other areas, oh my goodness, and, how and ugly! I guess the question is, how long will it take the Reds to decide that maybe Billy Hamilton isn't the answer? Are they? Are, I mean, we we both know how, when once the Reds get invested in someone. It's t- they're like a, a pit bull with with their teeth sunk into a piece of meat. Getting them to shake loose is pretty difficult. And and you know we all had concerns about Billy Hamilton when he came up. You know everybody was talking about him being the second coming. And and what a lot of us said was you know unless he gets his on base percentage up, he's not going to be a real good player. And, and his on base percentage right now is two sixty seven. That's why, he's hit, that's why he's hitting ninth. 
yeah, that's got to be a blow. Um, what concerns me, I guess, is you would hope at age 24, you know, last year's season was not good offensively. He clearly has improved his base running. Uh, you know, last year he got caught stealing 23 times and stole 56 bases. This year he stole 31 bases and only been caught five times. He's getting better there. His defense has gotten better. Like I said, I think he's I think he's the best defensive center fielder in the league. But across the board, his numbers offensively have gone down everywhere. And, and you talk about his 267 on base percentage. Last year it was 292. I was hopeful that he could nudge that above 300 this year. Yeah, I was some, hoping. You know, we, you and I, I think you and I talked about this in the podcast. You know, 320. He's he's a plus player. 350. He's an MVP candidate. Yeah, yeah. When you what, what everything else. Me, what concerns me is all you heard was how much he worked all winter on his bunting with Delano to Shields and blah, blah, blah. And we've heard that for two years now. And I haven't seen one sign his bunting being one iota better than it was when he came up as a rookie. Now, maybe I'm wrong. There's stuff I haven't seen, but if, if that kid can learn how to drag bunt, how do you get him out? Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to pull him up here and because uh, I want to see what his fly ball percentage is uh, versus ground ball because that's the other thing you heard. He's going to well, Willie Mays. Hey, you know he's Willie Mays. Hey, you know I, I expect I yeah. keep expecting him to drop and give me twenty every time he hits a ball in the air. <laughs> he should. He should. Yeah. Let's see if I can find that. Um, but but what you know while we're talking about Hamilton, let's 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 let, let's get off the negative train because there's there's a whole bunch of that that we could talk about. You know, from from Chris Dominguez to Brennan Bosch to Ivan De Jesus. <laughs> he's he's hitting. Let me, let me go back. Go ahead. To, to Chris Negron, which some people were claiming was going to be the the next best, you know, the next great player, the next guy that was going to be a better player in the major leagues than he was in the minor leagues. Not so much. Uh, no. Um. His uh, back to Billy Hamilton just very briefly. This year, as compared to last year, his percentage of ground balls as opposed to fly balls, he's actually hitting a his ratio. He's hitting more a greater percentage of fly balls to ground balls than he was last year. So it's gone in the wrong. It's it's, it's roughly the same. It's, it's heading exactly the wrong direction, is what you're saying. But you said it's not much different. No, it's it's roughly the same. It's a little worse, but it's not gotten better certainly. And right. what I see with with Hamilton is. Here's what I'm afraid of. Pitchers have figured this guy out. Major League pitchers are smart. And he's, you know, we're talking almost uh, a little over 254 plate appearances now. So, we're, you know, we're starting to get a little sample under our belt here. Yep. And he, he's just not getting any better. But he's not really alone. I, and that Reds out, you were mentioning some of those names a moment ago. Something else I was looking at was just going straight by war, wins above replacement, and seeing where, the, where Reds outfielders ranked among – National League outfielders. And actually, in wins above replacement, thanks to his defense and base running, Billy Hamilton uh, was actually ninth among all National League outfielders in wins above replacement. Uh, and I guess that is heavily dependent on how much you value his defense. But that's how good they say his defense has been. Well, and, 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 and you and I have talked about defensive metrics, and I, I'm still not to the point where I put a whole lot of, of, of faith in defensive metrics. Maybe that's the fact that I'm an old guy or whatever. You know, and it took me a long time to, to, to even buy into offensive, good offensive metrics. But there's still too much supposition and, 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 and 
you know, you know, stuff with the defensive metrics that I don't think quantify, you know, you're, you're, there's too many guys making assumptions and guesses and that kind of thing that I, I just don't buy a lot of their numbers. I'm not saying he's not a good defensive player. He is, but overall with defensive metrics, I, I, I still question their well, I think to a point you're right, especially in terms of uh, publicly accessible information regarding defense. But I think the teams, uh, they have their this proprietary information that's uh, showing everything that a defender's doing, you know, path to the ball and, uh, you know, uh, first step, uh, how quick the first step is, things like that. So I'm sure the Reds know where he ranks, uh, and I would love to know what those metrics say. Jay Bruce was 18th among all National League outfitters in uh, wins above replacement. I want you to guess now in the rankings – who, after Hamilton and Bruce, which is the next red to appear on a list of all National League outfitters ranked by wins above uh, replacement level for 2015? Take, take a guess. Skip Schumacher. Skip Schumacher. That's not a not a bad guess. I probably would have guessed Marlon Byrd. Well, I, I didn't uh, guess Marlon Byrd because you expected me to guess Marlon Byrd. <laughs> yes. Marlon Byrd was 60th. Uh, Schumacher was somewhere below that. The next, after Hamilton and Bruce, the next outfielder in wins above replacement, ranked 50th, and his name is Yvonne De Jesus Jr., who played four games in left field. Uh, <laughs> 0.3 wins above replacement. Marlon Bird was exactly replacement level. Zero war. Uh, that's ugly. That's ugly. And until recently, when Bruce came back around, <laughs> the picture looked really bad in the Reds outfield, didn't it? Yeah, well, Jay, Jay's starting to come around a little bit. You know, he's starting to hit the ball better. And, and you know, again, looking at talking about the metrics, he would have hit in bad luck the earlier part of the season anyway. His strikeout rate was down. His walk rate was up. His line drive percentage was up. And he was just hitting in some bad luck. I think things are starting to fall for him a little bit. And, you know, and even Marlon Byrd offensively, I'm not talking about his defense because I know how, how awful that is. But offensively, he's doing about what I expected. His batting average is a little lower than what I expected, but he's got 102 on OPS+. plus. I'm, I'm not complaining about that out of Marlon Burke. That's a hell of a lot better than we've got out of left field in the last two or three years. Yeah, well, especially when you consider how poorly Bird started at the plate. I mean, he was really bad to start the year. Yeah. He's come back. Yeah. He's come, I agree. I'm not I, I'm not complaining about Marlon Bird. I don't want him to get the 550 plate appearances or whatever. It no, takes. I don't either. I, I bench his butt all before that. that. And I tell him you're done for the year, son. Yeah, we don't want him around next year, maybe. But yeah, I'm not. He's not. That's Marlon Bird's not the problem with no. this team. Um, but you know, you know, let's let's quit being negative, Nellies. I agree. You tried to do that a moment ago, and I didn't let you. Let's go ahead and let's turn it around. Let's talk about Joey and Todd. Amazing. I mean, we'll start out with with the lesser of the two this year. And that's Joey Votto, you know. I, you know, I, I'm glad that he, <laughs> you're saying that. I, I'm glad that he, you know, he took Marty's advice. And he's, you know, he's swinging and he's hitting the ball harder again. You know, he's, he's, you know, listening to Marty, so he's got that slugging percentage back up where it needs to be. Is that what it was? He was yeah. listening to Marty. Yeah. That's exactly what you know. Marty took him aside and, and whispered in his ear and said, "Joey, now come on, you know I'm right." <laughs> <laughs> Marty's, I can't, I can't say that with a straight face. <laughs> Marty's always right. Well, you know, uh, Marty was right about one thing. He said uh, before the year, what I can't remember exactly what the quote was, something to the effect of, if, if Joey Votto is, you know, trying to fight for an on-base percentage crown, 
then this Reds team is in trouble. Well, Joey Votto's in the top five in on-base percentage in the league, and, and the Reds, Reds are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so he was right. So it is. So that's Joey's fault. So it's all Joey's fault. It's Joey's fault, I believe. It's all uh, Joey's fault. No. Let's uh, you know. Let's, 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 let's talk about Votto again for a second, though. I'm so happy that Votto has had this sort of comeback year. I mean, you know, 296 batting average, 402 on-base percentage. His slugging's back up to 539. He's got 14 homers. Uh, you know, just that's this is the Joey Votto that I hope we'll see for the next five or six years. Um, and I think he could probably sustain these numbers at least for a, a three or four years at, the, at, at minimum. So, of course, they got him signed for the next 30 years, but that's a different story. But who's the guy we all want to talk about, though? Super Todd. And, and, and it's funny that you got a guy that's got an OPS plus of 158. And he's not, and you don't hear anything about him. You hear everything you hear, at least in Cincinnati. All you hear about is Todd Frazier. <laughs> That's uh, funny because I wrote a. Uh, I don't know. You may have seen this actually. Uh, I, I've said it forever, and I finally wrote a piece for uh, Cincinnati Magazine a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. And this why is this guy not the biggest star in town? You know, he's he's likable. He's always smiling. He was a little league World Series hero, so you know he's been known since he was twelve years old. He was a homegrown guy, and. He, Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper, and Paul Goldschmidt are the only guys in the National League that have a claim to have been more productive than him this year. No third baseman even close. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why isn't he the biggest guy, in, the biggest star in town? I think that. Oh, I think I think it's coming. I mean, I you know he's he's a little bit younger than, than you know he's twenty nine. He's a little bit younger than Joey. It's tough to fight Brandon Phillips' PR machine. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, I you know we all know how Bill Lack feels about Brandon Phillips. Um, but you know the Reds are, the Reds are doing a huge push on 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 Frazier for the All Star game. They picked up what did I read? What did I read today? I can't remember the numbers. They picked up like 1.2 million votes this week, and he jumped over the kid for the Cubs into second place in the All Star vote, and that came out today. Yeah, the uh, new the most recent. Uh... Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to catch a carpenter kid for St. Louis, but which is unfortunate because Frazier's having a better season in he every. Is, he is, but you know what? Nobody ever said the All Star Game is fair. It was. Well, you're right. He, it wasn't fair when big red machine guys were on the on the starting lineup when they didn't deserve to be, and it's not fair now. You know, and and, and I'm gonna get on my soapbox here for a minute. You know what? I hope if Kansas City fans can put seven guys in a starting lineup, God bless them. If you're gonna, Actually, I, if I you're gonna allow the fans to vote for the starting lineup, then you get what you get. I I, I agree one hundred percent, and I don't expect Frazier to, to get it. I do expect a bunch of Royals to get it. But Frazier's going to be on that All Star team, and, and really, just uh, seems to me anyway, from the outsider's perspective. What a what a nice little representative for uh, for this organization for this city. Absolutely, um, plays hard, has a good time. All like you said, always smiling. Always seems like he's having a good time. You know, and it, I've never in the meantime, I've never heard a bad word about the kid from from the time you know when I had Dayton Dragon season tickets and he spent a very I mean he wasn't in Dayton very long, but I mean they 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 were. The guys that were involved in the ball club, you know, the, the, the announcers and stuff that we knew, raved about him even at low A level. 
about yeah. what a class kid he was, what a leader he is. You know, so he's one of those guys that it sounds like you're really happy that he's enjoying this kind of success. Yeah, and it's, it's certainly he's been – I never expected him to be one of the elite hitters in the National League. I thought he was going to be a pretty good little third baseman, and I thought he'd be an above-average player for a number of years. I never, I don't know that anyone saw this coming. I mean, just a big big power hitter and, uh, you know, he's really – in some ways, in some ways, nobody, a different type of hitter. But you know, nobody. And I, you know, I still tease Chris Welsh about this. You know, but you know, him saying that Joey was never going to be a middle of the lineup guy. <laughs> yeah. This is a, yeah he's, you know, he's not. He's a two hitter now. But you know. <laughs> but yeah, Welsh was right. Uh, yeah, that's right. You know, he's only been he's only won an MVP and maybe could have won another one and. But anyway, you know, and, and I, I'm happy for Frazier. And he, uh, I, like I said, he, like you said, he'll, he'll be on the all-star team. He'll, uh, he'll, I think he'll probably be in the home run derby, which is something he said he'd like to do again. And you know they'd like to have somebody from one of the Reds on there, and he's the logical choice. Well, he made it to the finals of the home run derby last year, so I would expect he's going to be uh, – they usually pick a captain – uh, and I'd say he'll be the National League's captain. On the that makes record. sense, you know, since he's playing here. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he'll be smiling and, and having fun. I'm actually uh, taking my kids and, and going to the home run derby, so I look forward to that. Um, yeah, so so all hell Todd Frazier. I mean, that guy has just been yeah. you know, as good as Joey Votto's been this year. Todd's been just uh, incredible. I mean, it, I mean, if, if 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 he stayed where you know, if you extrapolated his numbers out, he'd be having he'd be having one of the best offensive number years in, in, in this franchise's history. I looked at it uh, a few weeks ago and, and determined that only one third baseman in uh, Reds history could would have a claim to having a better season, and that was uh, Tony Perez. Either seventy, not seventy. I think I was I started to say sixty nine, but I believe it was seventy. The year yeah. that. That was, when, yeah, that was when they won 70 in their first 100 games, and, and he and Bench were, were like 1-2 in the home run race for most of the season. Yeah, I think I think Perez ended up with 42. and Bench had 45, won the MVP. Yeah. The only thing that, I mean, if let's say let's double these numbers. Let's say we're halfway through the season, which we're, what, not even. Not quite, no. I mean, let's say Todd hits 45. And and his OPS, you know, is hanging around a thousand. Right, you know, that that's one of the best seasons in this team's history. Especially when you consider that offense is down across the league. Exactly. You know, I mean, his RBIs are are, you know aren't going to be where benches were or Perez's, you know, but but like you said, offense is down. Yeah, and and Frazier doesn't have Joe Morgan and Pete Rose hitting in front of him. You know, so. And Griffey, and yeah, yeah, that, that might be a little bit different when you got you know Billy yeah, Hamilton and Brian and Brandon Phillips sitting in front of you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So kudos to Frazier. Love that kid, and yep. uh, he's uh, and happy for all the success that he sees. Yep. Um, I, I see Frazier and Votto having a pretty strong case uh, for the All Star team. Uh, Votto has pretty much been the third most productive first baseman in the league, uh, as I was looking at. Paul Goldschmidt from Arizona is just having an unbelievable season. I mean, that guy's the MVP at this point. Uh, and Anthony Rizzo for the Cubs has had a really good season, but Votto's up there with with uh, with Rizzo. And 
I would, uh, given that it's in Cincinnati, I, maybe I'm hoping that we'll get a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, love. Well, Price is on the coaching staff. I don't know if it'll right. help any, you know. If somebody gets hosed, I, my feeling is it'll be Votto. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think Chapman will get picked. Yeah, and that'll, that'll be his fourth straight. I expect Chapman to get picked too. Uh, I think you know the the players have a have a you know a ballot. They have a voice in it. And I it's I'd be very shame, surprised. It's a shame it won't happen, but it's a shame Hoover won't make it. <laughs> Isn't it a shame? Five and zero, oh, one point four four ERA, and there's no chance he's going to make it. I mean, he's been scored on since I think it's April the twenty first. <laughs> Just something like that. Insane. This is the Hoover that we sort of expected coming into last year. This is the one that, and, and many people, and not you nor I, last year wanted him DFA. Right, right, yeah. People were screaming about him, and I, and I just kept and thinking. There was no doubt he was he was terrible last year. He got off he got off to a bad start, and it just snowballed. And it was like it got away from him. In fact, there was an article in the Enquirer today where he kind of talked about that, and it just kept pound, it kept compounding on itself. But, boy, I'll tell you what, the kid's getting the job done this year. Well, you know, we, we saw his minor league performance. We saw what he had done uh, for the Reds before last season. And I just – I know relievers are sort of fungible and they come and go, but Fun. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, big, that's a big word. You can go look that up after we get finished. I have to look that up. Let me write <laughs> F-U-N. <laughs> G-I-B-L-E. Okay, thank you. Uh, I didn't but, go, uh, I didn't go to law school, you know. <laughs> I, I just couldn't believe that he was really that bad. Uh, but man, he he almost convinced me of it. But uh, another guy that he took all that last year, and, and and listen, he was put through the ringer last year. You talk about the fans being all over him, and he, he took all that with grace. It never was anything less than uh, you know, uh, man man up about his performance, basically. And gosh, couldn't be happier to see what he's doing. And and you know, really, if Chapman gets traded, JJ Hoover's your closer here. Absolutely. And, uh, he's he's no all as Chapman because no one is. But uh, wow, what a what a turnaround! If you look at what they've done, he's been every bit as effective, <laughs> and more effective, frankly. Yep. And and pitching really often in more high leverage situations than Chapman gets to pitch in because he's saved for these uh, save opportunities. He's given up less hits for nine, less walks for nine. Yeah. Yeah. And not that Chapman's been bad. Chapman will be deserving of being an all-star. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, you know. I, my problem with Chapman is, you know, and we've talked about this for years, you know, my ship has sailed on Chapman. I mean, you know, I, I don't care about the closer. I, I, I have a discussion with this buddy of mine every now and again. He he tries to tell me that Chapman puts butts in the seats. And I said, no, closers don't sell tickets. Is there excitement when he comes in from the bullpen? Absolutely. The place goes crazy. But nobody buys a ticket going down there saying, "Boy, I can't wait to see Chapman tonight." Because you don't know if you're going to see Chapman tonight. I think maybe in his first year, or second year, that might have been true, just sort of because of the novelty of it. Uh, this guy that comes in throwing 100 plus miles an hour, but at this point, I can't see anyone saying, "I need to go watch the Reds. I need to go down to the ball yard. I want to see." Uh, I hope Chapman gets in the game. Yeah. And I do when I'm there, and he comes in, and it's a tight game, and it's exciting. I, listen, I love it. It's fantastic. The music plays, and he comes striding in from the bullpen. Uh, give that to me every time I'm at the ball yard. But uh, plus, that, I mean, that means they're winning. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's why it's so exciting. It's the yeah, rare occasion. Yeah. 
But you know, there is. I'm, I, there's no arguing that the excitement he brings to the ballpark. But the, the, to say that he sells tickets, I've, I've never bought that. He would have sold tickets if he'd have become an elite starter. Yeah, you think? Every five days, I'd have been, you know. And, I, and, you know, and, I, and I'm to the point, I don't even know who to blame for that anymore, whether it's the Reds' front office, whether it was Dusty Baker, whether it was Chapman himself, whether it was a combination of all of those things, and that's what I tend to believe. I think the Reds kind of got put into a bad position the Ryan Madsen year, and then it kind of rolled over on itself the following year, and then, you know, the, this kid started seeing he was successful and got comfortable in a certain spot, and then Dusty reinforced it. And, and then, you know... I don't know, but I'll tell you what, this kid's cost himself millions and millions and millions of dollars. No question about it. No question about it. Um, and I, what I, I just don't understand is, although I do know who we need to blame for it, and that's Jim Bowden, obviously. He gets blamed for everything. Um, <laughs> but if, if, I thought, if, it, was, if I thought you, it was me. <laughs> well, you get blamed for a lot of things uh, in your own home. I know that, uh, as I, I do in mine. Um if he, this is the, I can't believe we're actually talking about this, but my whole issue was, man, go try to make the guy start. If it doesn't work, you know what? He's still going to be a great closer. Yep. You can still put him right back in the bullpen. There was nothing not to see. lose. Nothing at all to lose. Um, but I think it was a confluence of events, and I think it was a lot of different people that had uh, uh, sort of a say in that. Uh, Aralis did, Dusty did, Jockety did. And, and, and Price may have had something that had been involved in it, too. And, and Price may have, too. We heard you know, some things that made it sound like he wanted him to be a starter at one point, but I, we don't know what those discussions were like. Castellini's, and, you know, you got to put some of the blame on Castellini. You know, there's a whole, there's enough blame for this one to go around, I think, to everybody. Yeah, and, and we say blame. We still have a great pitcher on our hands, but it's a great pitcher who's thrown 31 innings this year. Yeah, he, uh, he's, a, he's a great third pitcher. Of, of 30, yeah, 31.1. He's a great yeah. pitcher whose value is a lot less than it possibly could have been. Well, who's a better you? One particular inning, which pitcher do you want in the game? Aroldis Chapman or Johnny Cueto? Probably Chapman, but we're but Cueto's great, but Chapman's also great, and we're only letting Chapman pitch one third of the inning that we're giving Cueto. It makes it just logically it makes no sense. He's got a third of the innings of Mike Leak. Yeah. You know, I, I like Mike Leak. I don't it's have any problems with Mike got, Leak. He's almost got a third of the innings of Discafani. Yeah, yeah, Anthony DiSclafani. Again, I like Disco DiSclafani, but it just it's always baffled me why it, it just seems so logical. But the you know baseball guys play by the book. Sometimes they don't see it, I guess. But uh, well, it's, it's, it's the easy and lot. You know, it's it's the safe place. To, it's the safe harbor. Going by the book is the safe way to do it. Nobody's ever going to blame you. Nobody's ever going to second guess you, or at least not strongly second guess you. You know, it takes it takes big brass ones to go out there on the edge of the on the edge and, and, and do things your own way. Same thing with uh, it takes uh, real courage, if you can call it courage. I hesitate to use that term, but to use Chapman say in the seventh inning with a uh, bases loaded, you know, one out, something like that, or in the eighth inning, let him pitch two, uh, because it doesn't work out. You don't have him at the end of the game, and oh no, you're gonna get criticized uh, on Twitter. It's just. Uh, there are on the, the people yeah, calling him. You, you, you don't see managers using the bullpen like Sparky did. No, and, and even more recently, I wasn't a big fan of the guy, but Jack McKeon, when he was managing here in Cincinnati, got creative occasionally. I, I just don't understand. It just seems to make too much intuitive sense to not have these uh, 
roles that are so rigidly defined. And, and it's easy for me to say, I'm not in the dugout, I'm not making those decisions, I'm not feeling the external pressures that uh, that Brian Price is, is feeling. But it, from from the from the cheap seats, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But well, I, and I just got done reading another bo- another book about the se- uh, the, the uh, seventy five World Series, and I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, and I was I was taken by how Sparky used. He didn't always close with Bourbon or didn't always close with Eastwick. Sometimes he brought Eastwick in in the in the seventh or eighth inning. I mean, he used guys where he thought they needed to be used. There were no set roles. You know, you get the impression that Sparky didn't believe in set roles. Well, he did, I, you get the impression he didn't like pitchers anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> Right, Captain Hook. But, uh, you know, and, and you just wonder how, how much more effective, how many more wins you could get if, 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 your, if your manager had the, had the cojones to, to, like you said, do what seems so intuitive to us. Yeah, I mean, uh, forget about what inning it is. Which pitcher that I have at my disposal is the best pitcher to put in this spot. Right. Yeah, here, yeah, here, yeah, I got two guys on, and I got, you know, three, four, and five coming up here in the seventh inning of a one-run ball game. If I put my fourth best reliever in here and he gets his brains kicked in, it ain't going to do me any good in the ninth. Right. Let's get past this spot and then worry about the ninth when we get there, basically. And, uh, yeah. You know. So, uh, so do, we talk about, do we want to talk about trades? Yes, I the guess. First thing, the first thing we need to decide to, 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 to talk about is, will the owner allow trades? Or is our owner so invested in these players or in his belief or in being a fan or whatever you want to call it, that he'll let the front office clear the decks, you know, and, and, and try to restock this team a bit. And then, think, and then we can even get into the discussion of whether we've got the right guy in the front office to do that, but that's that's a whole different question. Well, I know the answer to that. Uh, I'm afraid that the Reds think they're still contenders. You know, only, only four games under 500, only six games out of the wild card. That doesn't sound that bad. you got to crawl over six teams to get there, but... Uh, John Morosi, uh, Fox Sports, MLB Network, he tweeted a little bit earlier this evening that the Reds had been contacted by a bunch of teams regarding Cueto, Leak, and Chapman. Uh, but, quote, the Reds remain reluctant to engage in serious trade talks. Ah! Now, you know, maybe it's maybe it's June 23rd and we still got some time and they're trying to, you know, sort of, Play things a little closer to the vest, uh, as somebody, I saw somebody say. Uh, try to get, you know, see where the market things. goes. Yeah. There's a couple things. One is, this team has played better than I expected them to play, considering the injuries, you know, all that. For them to be four under 500, I think it's pretty damn good right now. <laughs> it's, it really is. You know, but... You and I talk. I, I would have unloaded these guys in the off season. Cueto would have been gone. Chapman would have been gone. And now you ain't gonna get. You, they're not gonna get from Johnny Cueto now what they could have got for him in the off season. Even if he, for one thing, how many teams do you think have concerns about his elbow? And 
his ability to stay healthy the rest of this year. They have to. You know, he's skipping his start tonight. They're going to give him uh, three extra days of rest just to make sure he's... They say he's fine. Healthy. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Oh, he's fine. Uh, Bill, read the paper. He's fine. It's it's like it's like the, the ROTC guy in Animal House. All is well! Right, right. Exactly. Um but meanwhile, he's skipping uh, three days. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and uh, and say that I said before the season that I thought the Reds should go ahead and trade him. If they if they had decided to do that and sort of punt on this season, I would have said, "Hey, that's not a bad strategy. You know, good strategy." But I I looked at this roster and I thought, well, it's a it's not unreasonable to to try to make one run at it here, one last run since you got Quato for one more year. At least give it a shot. You got some of these guys. If they can stay healthy, you've got a pretty decent starting. Uh, you know, the Reds starting eight, really not that bad when they're all healthy. At least uh, looked like it to me. And I thought, well, let's. I can sort of see the idea of just giving it a go for both days that they were healthy. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> it became evident pretty early on this team was not going to be a serious competitor. And at that point, I think I start really beating the bushes, seeing what I can get, playing teams off each other in terms of. You're right. You could have gotten more for Quetta in the off season. I thought it was worth it to see if he could be the anchor for a one last run in Cincinnati. I knew in my heart of hearts that was a long shot, but well, the the other question is 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 are they are they buying their time till after the All Star game? Because there's a lot of people that said they won't do anything till before the All Star game. They don't want to take any of the pizzazz of the All Star game away from Cincinnati. I hope not. I hope that the uh, the business of it, <laughs> I get, well, I guess that's part of the reason why they do it is the business of the PR side of it. It looks like they're giving up if they trade these guys before the All-Star game. Uh, I hope whenever the right deal comes along, they'll jump at it if it's the right deal. Whether that's before the All-Star break or after the All-Star break, I don't think the All-Star break should have anything to do with it. But, hey, they're going to sell out the All-Star game anyway. And, and sort of the optics. The optics of Johnny Cueto starting the All-Star game in a Dodger uniform, eh, okay, that doesn't look very good, but come on. Uh, Reds fans will still honor him for what he did in Cincinnati, one of the greatest starters, the second-best Reds uh, starter, in my opinion, since uh, 1950. Uh, it's, it's him and, and Jose Rio. Those are the, those are the two. But uh, there was a guy named Maloney that was a pretty good, pretty good starter. He was. I think if you compare their careers, Cueto has been better. And that's not putting down Maloney. Cueto has been amazing if you look at their careers. and We can talk about that if we want to. But I don't care about the optics of him, how it looks for him to be in a Dodgers uniform at the All-Star game. And I don't care about the idea that it's going to look like they're giving up. They're going to sell out everything that goes along with the All-Star game no matter what. And if it's a step they need to take to get to the next good Reds team, I don't care if it's before the All-Star break or after they may care, as you say. They they may be concerned about that. Castellini may be concerned about that, and we know he's sort of a fan and has his hands in on it. Um, and I don't know that if they wait till after the All Star game, that it means they they're hurting themselves in terms of trading these guys. I just don't think it should be a consideration. But that doesn't but it mean. Might it's be. Not... <laughs> right. <laughs> Who who will be gone by the end of the season via trade? Cueto's gone. Uh, I, I can't imagine any scenario under which they won't trade Johnny Cueto. It just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. 
Well, there's. I can't. I, I take that back. I can't imagine a scenario. They can talk themselves into believing they have a shot at the wild card. And in that, if they do that, they'll stand pat. Is what yeah. I'm afraid. If, or if you think that, or they buy. Well, I think buying is a better option than standing pat. I think standing pat's the worst possibility. I agree. Uh, I think I, I agree. I think I saw saw someone say that on uh, on Twitter, and I can't remember now who it was. Um, and I said, that's that's exactly right. I don't think you should buy. I would never uh, recommend they go out buying. But if they really think they got a shot at this thing, well, go out and fix your team. You know, go out and figure out some way to really make a run at this thing. Of course, we uh, know that the Reds are never buyers at the, at the, no. the, at the deadline. I mean, if they were going to do that two years ago, it would have been the time they, they would have done it. When we could have got Marlon Bird when he was a good player still. Right, and he could have really helped the team because they needed a left fielder. <laughs> Instead of beating us like a drum. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't. I, I agree. I don't see them buying. Uh, I don't. And so I think there really are higher options here. They're either going to. They're either going to stand pat or they're going to sell. I think if they decide to sell, Cueto's gone. I think Chapman is probably gone as well. Yes. I I think they hold on to Leak, hoping that they can get it. If he, you know, if he's hovering around a four ERA like he is now by the end of the year, maybe they get a, they can get a deal with him. Or or if he, or if he walks, they get the draft pick. Yeah. Um, I could see them. I could see them hanging on to Leak as well because his his trade value can't be particularly high right now. He's no. he's not he's having his worst season in uh, in some time. And you know, twenty seven years old, he's got a lot of innings ahead of him. But he's not been great. Been a roughly average pitcher to this yep. point, maybe slightly below average. Uh, so, so maybe they wait and hope something comes along and decide not to not to sell the farm on him, hoping they can sign him for the next three or four years, maybe or even for one year. Yeah, and, and you know, sign him for a year to see what happens. Yeah, and he and he may want to do something like that in order to rebuild his value on the free agent yep. market if he has, yep. has a rough season and stay in a place that he's comfortable and knows how to pitch and knows the guys and blah blah blah. Right. I don't see any of the offensive guys getting traded. I think they'd trade Phillips if they could. I don't think they can. Uh, I think they would trade Votto if they could. Uh, I think his contract will make that difficult, although you never know. He's hitting so well. Some team might uh, get desperate for offense and take a flyer on him with the Reds uh, to picking up some of the... Some I was going to say, depend, I think, yeah, you'd have to wonder how much of the how much of the money they'd have to pick up. Yeah. I could see him shopping Bruce. I could see him I shopping think, Bruce. I absolutely could see, and I'd be, I I would be sad if that happened. I'd understand it, but I'd be sad. I like Jay Bruce, and I understand all his flaws, and and really admit that I'm a fan. But I'd be and I'd be sad. Well, I'd be sad because I love the guy too. You know, um, just on a on a fan level. But I also think it would be a terrible idea to trade Bruce right now, uh, because his value in you talk about, Well, you're selling low. You're selling yep. low with him. Uh, you still got him under contract. Let him rebuild his value a little bit if you feel like he, And you can trade him in the offseason. You can trade him next year. It just seems like a very, not a really smart time to trade him, unless you get overwhelmed, unless there's some other team out there that sees this guy's better than what his numbers look like on the surface right now. He's still only 28 years old. You know, uh, there may be some it, teams. Some smart- it seems like he's been around forever. Oh gosh, you know it's impossible to believe that Zach Cozart and Todd Frazier are older than him, but they are. Uh, Bruce has been around forever, and uh, so I think on a on a sort of gut fandom level, it would be sad to trade him. But I don't I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense 
unless yeah. they get overwhelmed with an offer right now, because you know, it just would said, seem you know, to me you, like you, selling low. Yeah, you don't sell low. No, you don't. You don't. But you know, with uh, with Quato and Chapman, you're not selling low. Um, now, Quato, you're, you're. I don't know what you call it. Not selling low, but you're not selling at as high as value either. Well, you're likely to get the best you can hope to get for for an elite pitcher at this point. Right. You're, you're not going to get as much as you would have gotten if you tra- traded him you know, a year ago, or, six months ago. Or if, if he had been healthy all year and, and, and hadn't missed starts and hadn't had the questions about his elbow. Right, right, right. I mean, you can't really anticipate that stuff, uh, but you're absolutely right. right. But but on the other hand, he's a very shiny object that some team's going to want to go after because he's, I mean, you, you pluck him into any rotation in baseball, and that rotation immediately becomes a lot better. Oh, I'm yeah. Not sure America, and you put, I'm not sure you America knows. The, you drop him into the Dodgers rotation, and oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. You talk about Kershaw, Grinky, and Cueto. Come on. Uh, and, and people don't – I don't think – I'm not sure America knows how good Johnny Cueto is. I feel like he's sort of been our little secret. Uh, this guy has been one of the best pitchers in the world, and he's been such a joy to watch. I'm going to miss him so much. You talk about missing Bruce, and I would miss Bruce, but, man, I'm really going to miss seeing Cueto every five days. Love that guy. And I can remember Marty saying, this kid will never win at this level. (laughs) I'm not sure this kid's ever going to get it. Um, Chapman's the one guy that I think you could probably sell above what I – maybe his perceived value is higher than his actual value. I I agree. That might just be a function of how much I undervalue closers. But, uh, you know, somebody like the Nationals who have been known to overpay, and they've they've been in the talks, uh, that the rumors that you see uh, is inquiring about, Chapman. Um, Would you I trade could, him to the Cardinals? Oh, yeah, I'd trade him to anybody. <laughs> I, I mean, if it's the right deal, if I got a better right, return. Yeah, I, I, don't have this, I don't have this thing about not trading in the division. You know, whatever. The next good red team is probably going to be three years away at least. You don't know what the division is going to look like. You don't Except know you know the Cardinals are going to be good. The Cardinals will be there, but if I can get a guy that's going to be a, a contributor on the next good Reds team, I don't care where he comes from. If that's the best deal, I'd trade him anywhere. Although, man, I would hate to see Cueto or Chapman or any of these. Can you imagine? Uh, can you imagine Jay Bruce in a Cardinals uniform? A Cardinals uniform or a Pirates uniform or a Cubs uniform? Ah. Yeah. Well, the Cardinals have a good right fielder, so that's probably not going to happen. But In the immortal words of Bill the Cat, Ack Oop. <laughs> Exactly, exactly, Bill. Um, Is Brian Price safe for the rest of the year? I think so. You think? You think? don't think so? I think, I think he it, is. I think it depends on. I think if they went into a prolonged tailspin, they'd cra- they, they, they'd shit canning. Uh, I, I think another what was it a nine or a ten game losing streak in August? Yeah, I could I could see him letting him go. Especially fair when you consider fair, not fair. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say. And he's kind of, he hasn't helped himself at times. That's what uh, I was gonna say. Yeah. Uh, with yeah the, 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 you know, they they stick Riggleman in there for the rest of the year, and next year it's the Shields. Oh gosh, uh, actually, I, that's not who I think it would be next year. It ain't gonna be Barry Larkin. I think it's gonna be Barry Larkin. Barry Larkin's already said he's not ready. You, uh, well, he he's back. He's he has, but he's also in, back in the organization now, uh, roving minor league instructor, wearing his. I'm telling you, that's that's who I, that's who my money's on with hitting coach Eric Davis. That's my prediction. 
I think it'd be a bad idea. I'm not excited come, about it because I don't want to. Come wanna... the sky in your world, Chad. <laughs> Let's wait and see here. We're going to have to make a prediction here. Somebody write this down. Uh, All right. But uh, I think it's a bad idea. I don't want to see. I don't want to see a, a guy like Larkin come back and have his reputation tarnished because no manager's tenure. Well, very few managers have their tenure end well. So. Well, and the other thing is, I don't want. I don't want Barry Larkin coming back here and taking over a team that's going to lose eighty or ninety games. Right. Because he would not. He would not survive a couple of really bad years. No, no, I agree. You know, but I do think Price survives uh, unless they do some kind of something crazy like lose nine or ten in a row again. Because, because you know, I think management thinks they're only four below five hundred. You know, they're not doing too bad considering all the injuries and all the problems. If we said that earlier, I mean, considering that the, pro, the injuries and stuff this team's had, four below five hundred is pretty damn good. Yeah, you may, you can make an argument no. that Price has done a, de- a decent job, although he's been his own worst enemy. At times. At times, yeah. So. The tirade with the reporters. Uh, my guess is there was talk that night of letting him go. I mean, I don't think, yeah, I'd like I'd love to I, I would be surprised if, if there was talk in the front office of, you know, we can't have this. Yeah. Yeah, well, especially with all the, you know, the, again, all-star game. This negative yeah. publicity involving the Reds, uh, they seem to be sensitive to that at this point. Uh, the Reds have always been sensitive to that kind of stuff, though, as long as back as I can remember. Uh, well, maybe they should Maybe they should be. Maybe, but I, I would almost be willing to bet you a dollar that, that he got a phone call that night from either Jockety or the owner. Yeah, I guarantee it. They were called <laughs> into the office the next day. I mean, yeah, go visit the principal. Yeah, I think he survives unless uh, something extraordinary happens. Uh, you know, what do we expect out of this team? About what we've gotten? Yeah, I, I mean, if this team could finish a game or two above five hundred, I think it'd be a heck of a year. I do, I do too. I do too. If they trade the guys that need to be traded, though, I, I don't know how they I do. I can see that. the bottom falling out. Yeah. Yeah, pretty quickly. Pretty quickly, but again, you know, they, it's not like well. I mean, Cueto they won't be able to replace. But I think I think Hoover could do a reasonable job closing. But the problem is, then everybody has to move up a step. You know, in, in the yeah. bullpen, and who takes Hoover's spot in the eighth inning? And we saw earlier this year what happens when they don't have the right guy in the eighth inning. But but I don't care if the bottom falls out. If it means that they've traded guys and gotten a return that is going to help the next good Reds team, that's that's yep. always the way I keep looking at it. Get, get some guys that are going to help be part of the next good Reds team, and, and I think you can sell that. I think you can make the case uh, PR wise uh, from that perspective. I do too, but I, I and I've talked to I have some friends and you know a lot of friends that have you know season tickets, half season tickets, that kind of thing, and it's almost universally believed that we're going into at least a two or a three year bad cycle. I don't see how they can avoid it. I really don't. I agree. I, I don't either. Uh, and, I, and I'm looking back, I'm not sure how it could have been avoided other than maybe the – I don't know how much the contracts have had to do with it. You know, without knowing all the dollars and cents, it's, hard, it's easy to say but hard to prove. But, you know, did, did, you know, was it, was, was it just a window that opened and closed? You know, I don't know. Well, the postmortem once it's officially closed, I think it's going to be interesting, and we might need to have a, a podcast sometime just discussing what could they have done differently, what the, uh, or could this have been avoided? Uh, 
you know, are we blaming Jockety too much? I don't know. I think Joel would be a, a really interesting guy to talk to about that. So what you're saying is you don't want to talk about it. You want me to talk to no, him? I, no, I just said I'm not as smart as he is. <laughs> maybe all three. Maybe all three of us need to get on and uh, discuss that one of these evenings. So. I think we about beaten this one to death, Bill. What do you think? I think this horse is dead. I think so too. Uh, so I'm glad glad you're back and glad to get the chance to talk Reds with you again. Always fun. Uh, follow uh, Red Leg Nation on Twitter at Red Leg Nation. Follow me at Dotson C if you'd like. Follow Bill at Bill Red Leg N if we can get him uh, pulled back to Twitter at some point. Uh, go to RedLegNation.com. All your red stuff uh, all day, every day. What I'd really want you to do, though, is go to RedLegNationRadio.com or just search for us on iTunes. Actually, if you go to RedLegNationRadio.com, you'll have the link there to get on iTunes or to subscribe to the podcast via RSS. When you go to iTunes, hey, give us a rating. Give us a review. Uh, it, that helps us move up in the search rankings. helps more people find us. Talk about us uh, to, to everyone you know if you like us. If you don't like what we do, as I always say, keep your mouth shut, please. Bill, anything else for us? Which Reds are on the All-Star team here in a couple of weeks? Four Reds are going to make the All-Star team. Votto, Frazier, Cueto, and Chapman. That's my prediction. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're probably right. If, 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 if a position player gets hosed, it'll be Votto. If a, if a, if a starter or if a, a pitcher gets hosed, it'll be Cueto. I think you're exactly right. The only question remaining is, what uniform will those guys be wearing that night? They'll all still be wearing Reds uniforms. All right, I can I can live with that. Uh, go Reds. Uh, I'm an all-star game junkie, so uh, I always look forward to that. Bill, good talking to you, buddy. Always good to talk to you, my friend. Hey, thank you all for listening to us. Again, go subscribe to the podcast, and uh, we'll try to be back again next week with another edition of Red Leg Nation Radio. For Bill Lack, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Yeah.